as you might know the helicopters are still like the only aircraft that can save people that can provide rescue missions in floods in hurricanes or or just for medical air ambulance so those uh, so in those scenarios the time is the most important factor so faster you can reach a place and then uh, either drop a package drop food or something or pick a patient so that uh, there's a term called golden hour so if you can make helicopters faster then you can save more lives Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Research Showcase podcast. Uh, today we have Shashank Moria, yes. and we are here to learn more about his research project. So I'll just give you a uh, some time to introduce yourself. Thank you, Albert. Uh, as you mentioned, my name is Shashank. Um, I'm from India. I'm born and brought up there, and then I did my undergraduate uh, studies in India. in aerospace engineering and after that i worked for a year there and then i moved to us in 2017 for my phd study oh nice and you did your so your american university was at university of maryland right that's correct yeah okay so you said that you were part of the you studied aeronautical engineering right correct and aeronautical engineering for your phd Yeah. So, okay. PhD. Oh, so what was your like research project PhD um project on? So, my research is mainly on it's called compound helicopters and uh I did some experimental testing and analysis on that topic. So, this briefly I can explain so compound helicopters are like the hybrid of uh, helicopters and airplanes uh, so that you can make the helicopters fly faster nice yeah. that's awesome so a faster helicopter yeah okay so i mean you mentioned this um earlier off podcast but the the limitations of speed for a helicopter yeah can you like touch a little bit on that i'm curious about how can we make a helicopter faster and um like the limitations on the yeah i i can explain very briefly so for example so when you have to fly something you need some lifting force right so in airplanes you have wing which does that so when the airplanes is uh traveling at some speed the the relative motion of air and the wing uh creates the lifting force for helicopter it is done by the helicopter blades so that relative motion in helicopter is produced when the rotor blade is rotating right mm-hmm. so in helicopter when it is so that's how you get a lifting force even though helicopter is not moving it is a it is static at one point but you still get the lift but when you move the helicopter like fly forward mm-hmm. then like once one side of the helicopter blades go into the wind 
and the other side go away from the wind. So that creates an asymmetric force on the left and right side of the helicopters when you see from behind. So as you keep increasing the speed of the helicopter, that asymmetry becomes worse and that eventually becomes a limitation, limiting factor. Um, like you will, uh, the helicopter will uh, feel a lot of vibration and uh, it may, and the engine of the helicopter may not be powerful enough to go for like further speeds after um, uh, usual highest speed of around 170 miles per hour for some of the fastest helicopters. Hmm. So with your research, you can, you're trying to break the 170 or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there are multiple ideas behind this. So, um, so, so we all know helicopter uh, airplanes fly much faster, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the idea is just bring those concepts into the helicopters and utilize that and which is the airplane wing. And uh, so we can bring the wing to the helicopter. And for airplanes, we have a separate propeller, which um, which makes the airplanes fly forward, move forward. So why not we can bring the propeller also in the helicopters? So that's like a very basic uh, understanding of the uh, of this idea of this project. Oh, nice! So you're kind of like taking the best parts of the airplane and just trying to like make sure that it will work with like a helicopter and hopefully those gains will come from like the like, wing or, or propeller, the airplanes components. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So what would a, uh, or who would find this helpful? Like why would we want a faster yes. um, helicopter? So um, as you might know, the helicopters are still like the only aircraft that can save people that can, provide rescue missions in floods, in hurricanes, or, or just for medical air ambulance. So those, uh, so in those scenarios, the time is the most important factor. So faster you can reach a place and then uh, either drop a package, drop food or something, or pick a patient. So that uh, there's a term called golden hour. So if you can make helicopters faster, then you can save more lives oh. in in a nutshell nice so uh, there is some good work um like good motives for your research yeah. um so you're going to save more people save more lives be more helpful for potential disasters and you can reach um yeah no time is the most important thing like you said yeah especially in those scenarios yeah 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 because like okay if you're one or like 30 seconds late, so that's, so someone's life could be dependent on that. So, yeah. huh. interesting. That's cool. I didn't really view um, like an aeronautical engineering research project to like impact that. I, I didn't realize that. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's <laughs> really cool, actually. So, okay. So how could, um, I don't know. Is so industries groups could find this beneficially. So we said, uh, 
what did we say? We said medical disaster. Any other like industries that could benefit from like helicopters, uh, transportation? Um, yes. So the, some helicopters are also used um, near the ports for heavy lifting for mm. some short distances um, where uh, where you can't find a runway. So in like in all the runway independence scenarios, you can use helicopters. Um, and recently, now if you have heard about air taxis, like right? yeah, I did hear about that. So so these helicopter technology can technologies can be used there. So uh, there is a term called eVTOLs. So it's like electric vertical takeoff and landing. Mm -hmm. um, so the whole idea is. Uh, Electric is a separate issue, but the vertical mm -hmm. takeoff landing part is where the helicopter comes into the picture mm -hmm. because you need a lifting body, uh, like you need a helicopter rotor to lift vertically and yeah. land. So not directly helicopter, but helicopter so, related technologies can, uh, is useful there. Oh, wow. But these, these are still in like startup modes. So we will see in recent future how successful that can be. Hmm. Yeah, so it does have some, um, like engineers could, like civil engineers could find this helpful for like making like. Not just civil engineers. So, so there are many uh, aerospace startups that are, uh, that have started working on this uh, idea, the eVTOLs. Hmm. And if you just Google eVTOLs, you'll, you'll see like fancy images of, uh, multiple rotors, multiple wings, multiple propellers, all like hybrid combination of everything, uh, hmm. like some two-seater or four-seater airplanes, and which are meant for intercity transportation uh, to uh, like um, so that you are not stuck in traffic in some of the like like LA, LA traffic. Yeah. <laughs> and you're gonna be working out there. I'm actually going to work on, for one of those companies. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah. And, and so you said they were EV... T-O-L. Yeah. T-O-L, okay. Yeah. And that stands for... Um, electric Vertical electric Takeoff and Landing. Vertical Takeoff. Electric is because like now mm -hmm. everything is going... Like everyone is trying to be sustainable. So yeah, yeah. even for cars now... Yeah, like the electric. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So every so there really is the shift towards electric in every single industry of and uh, sustainability and all that stuff. So yeah, interesting. Hmm. Never really thought about the sustainable sustainability side of. It's this a big industry. challenge, though. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it has its own challenges in aviation because uh, in cars you can make it. You can make car. As heavy as you want, it it is not a problem. But you can't make a helicopter or airplane heavy. It, it can't yeah. fly. Yeah. So there are challenges related to that. Hmm. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to think about. It's yeah. like okay, yeah, it is electric. Um, have you been to the? I think it was one of the museums um, on the Smithsonian. On the Smithsonian, the Futures Museum. I think it's closed already, but they have. I've been to the Smithsonian, but not. Uh, which one are you talking about? Well, they had an exhibit, I think, last month. It's not open anymore, but it was a okay. futures one, and they had like some 
a lot of like VR. Um, they they had one um, airplane, like it was. It, 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 I think it was an EV. Um, Evitol, yeah. yeah, I thought it was one of it was one of those. It, yeah, it, was it like a, it was like a, a rotor fan with yeah. covered? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It, it, was exactly duct, like that. it was it a duct with a fan inside? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think yeah. I I have heard of it. I like I planned to go there, but I like I somehow I didn't go end up going there. Yeah, no. So I, yeah, oh. I I should go there once. Yeah, it was really cool. So I think it's. It was built by Bell Company, um, as I if I'm not startup, wrong. Right? No, Bell is a helicopter company, so they are established company, not startup. Oh, I think the one that I was looking at was like a startup. I'll definitely show you a photo of it. Okay. Um, afterwards. I still, yeah, that yeah. was cool. I would like to go there once. Yeah, see. yeah that was very cool. Um, yeah, no, it's cool just hearing about sustainability and all the different challenges because um, just don't really think about it like that. So, yeah. so most applicable use. I think we, we talked a little bit about this. Um, what, yeah. what is the most applicable use for your findings uh, in your research? So like the main takeaway of what you were studying and researching? So uh, the idea is same to make it faster, but um, so the research was on like, um, so the question was how so you need some experiments to show that it will work you need some computational analysis to show right so my research was on more testing side so uh, in we have a lab with like a rotorcraft center which has a, a test rig where we have a helicopter model and mm. and we can do testing in the inside the wind tunnel so so we built a compound helicopter model there and we did some testing and those experimental data now uh, we can look at, we can analyze and find out uh, how uh, useful it can be. Um, and these data are also useful to uh, validate your computational analysis. So once you validate your analysis, you can um, do research on lot of uh, like you can do a lot of parametric variation once your uh, analysis uh, with your analysis rather than the experiment so right so, now you're like doing like an MVP for uh, like a like a model yes to make sure that everything that you're doing works and that it can scale up to, to real world yeah okay True. yeah Cool. That makes sense. Because you don't want to like put a bunch of money into something and have it not work. So yeah, that's why you put a lot of time into that. So that's cool. Yeah, that's actually a, like a research process. So uh, when you don't have something, so what will you do? You will do some mathematical calculation and, and find out whether this will work or not, right? But then how do you know your calculations are correct? So that's where you need experimental data. Mm. So that experimental data comes from the research. Uh, and for this topic, like my research also provides the experimental data. And like anyone can use that data and validate their analysis and do more research. Oh, 
so that's like your contribution to like yes. the world or <laughs> yeah that's cool um so i think we talked about that most applicable um so if you could break this project down to like a 10 year old how would you explain it it will be very good it will be a challenge to explain it to 10 yeah, years yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just just But, try and simplify it as like as much as possible so so uh uh maybe i'll buy a remote control plane for okay, example so like, yeah show it to them and uh um, so give a, a a physical like yeah already made model so i can do this like to explain to kids uh show them a helicopter model mm-hmm. like uh, and show them them a airplane model and like cut I, the wings off of the airplane and and it will fall uh, or if i think 10 years old kids can fly like remote control yeah, plane yeah. right so like i can like explain them that you can't fly the hel- uh, airplane like you can't make it static you have to fly it at s- some speed right mm-hmm. but a helicopter you can fly it like you can make it uh, steady in the air um so that's why you need a helicopter right um then i'll like try to explain that in helicopters these rotating blades that's how you are getting like that's how you are flying like uh, making it steady and you don't have that in airplanes um so why not you mix those two Okay. and make something that that is faster but that can also stay steady at one like at some point uh, okay uh, yeah i'm not sure whether it is I think that was, understandable i think that makes sense <laughs> if i can understand it i think a 10 year old probably could no if a 10 year <laughs> i think no opposite opposite if, yeah. if, if a 10 year old could understand that we, then i think i can understand yeah, that yeah we need a kid for for this yeah, podcast yeah. <laughs> So yeah, main takeaway. Thank you. Spy Matt. Review. Okay, so yeah, now this this one's kind of fun. Uh what got you excited about like this specific uh research project or research topic? Um like why do why do you why did you want to study aeronautical engineering actually? Oh, so like if I go far back uh, in my childhood, so like like most aerospace engineers i wanted to become a pilot <laughs> and mm-hmm. um and le- then like probably around middle school or high school uh, i learned about like there is something called aerospace engineering and if you're good in math and science that's a good option if you, mm-hmm. uh, so i mean that's how i just chose aerospace engineering uh and I got like I took aerospace in undergrad and and in undergrad like that was the first time in my second year I built a model like RC plane model and and that's where the interest started to grow hmm. and eventually like I did one year of job after undergrad and then realized like uh, it's uh it's more important to do higher study and learn more about the concept uh, before i can continue in the industry and so i came here for the like good research school uh, at umd that's kind of cool that like it 
just came back from uh, like your childhood like that like the interest was like when you were yeah, a kid so true. and i mean yeah you have to do something that you like so true <laughs> yeah and if you ask aerospace engineers many of them will say that they wanted to become a pilot <laughs> yeah no it's a cool job it was uh any particular movies that got you into like not really like i was not into movies that much so oh. i was not influenced by any movie i i i know you are expecting top gun as yeah. the answer but no <laughs> okay that's cool no like i mean i didn't really watch top gun either but i just thought like planes were cool yeah yeah and like cars yeah all right <laughs> stuff that goes fast is cool yeah um oh yeah so some research me- methodology so what's like a tool or something that you use for your research yes anything um, in particular yeah so as i explained like as, as i said earlier uh, like so, the model yeah and, so i have both the physical model for experiments mm-hmm. and the mathematical model that is the code like the new computational part okay so um for the experiment part so our lab has been working on these kind of testing for uh, over two decades now okay. so they have a uh, some like physical model uh, which you can attach at a like at a place and then run rotor blades there helicopter blades and you can uh measure actual forces using something called strain gauges so you can so that's how you generate the data okay um, so you have to run those yes so you so you need lot of like electronics mechanical oh. engineering um electrical engineering so, so everything is involved in those projects structural engineering so it's very interesting so when you actually go work there and um um and it's a good process like when you start working in the lab uh, most probably you won't know anything so yeah. it is the it is the like senior grad, grad student that who will teach you and then you start learning about those stuff and mm-hmm. along the way on the like experimental side like you will always have some problems some components not working some instruments not working so uh we get the opportunity to collaborate with vendors collaborate with some companies who make those uh, instruments or sensors so it's not just pure research you have to do all those uh, things also so those are yeah those are interesting and fun and especially it challenges you because if it's not your area like my area is not electronics or something yeah. but you have to know just a little bit to so that you can communicate and get the things for your your project wow so huh, there's a lot of moving parts like yes <laughs> like physically and like yeah and like mentally too and yeah Correct. that's cool yeah and similarly on the computational side um so again we have a like a it's called comprehensive code so that is also developed in our lab for uh, like my professors uh, back in 90s mm-hmm. um so many grad sc- students worked on that like they kept on adding some uh, small uh, components to that code which is 
particular to certain parts like uh, so for example for my pro- project for compound i added like small uh, subroutines for the wing and propeller computational parts so so these are like the standard pros- process of how you work uh, what like methodologies you use for the research mm, nice so you really have to be like well rounded with your your studies when you work on like yeah. a lab like you yes. have to okay you're really into electrical but you you kind of have to flex some of your other yes uh, skills even if you're not that good at it yeah. so and yeah and like uh, and if you want like uh, professors also allow you to be if you want just completely focused into the testing you can choose that computers completely into computational that is also acceptable so you okay. have kind of flexibility in the lab so that's really nice to have so you can yeah. like test um other things yes. so oh, i'm going to try and work on something that i'm not that good at and i can try and get better at it yeah and learn from other people so that's cool uh this is not on here on the question list but so working with other people like how how is it out there like in a research lab in um like a the aeronautical engineering team how how is that is it um it's actually great so like especially for uh, res- uh, experimental projects it's mm-hmm. really like almost impossible to do just by yourself you need people you need fellow graduate students under undergraduate students mm-hmm. so like we all work in a team uh, even though the projects are separate for different people but uh, like when it comes to the main testing time uh, you just need help from everyone to like to make the testing model ready right at the time when you need it uh, and that's like a time crunch moment and you have to uh, do things faster and efficiently mm-hmm. huh. that's cool it's like there's also that teamwork um like that bond when- Yeah and you guys are all just suffering working on that project you know <laughs> and yeah so. and there's like uh, many like sub tasks in your project that can be handed over to the undergraduate students uh so because as as an undergrad you don't really know uh, a lot of like physics behind it but uh but you get an opportunity to work on those projects so uh, those are like good platform and that sets you up for grad school um and you need them and they need you so it works mm-hmm. for everyone nice so there's some camaraderie like in in those labs so cool that's that is kind of cool um so we broke this down okay let's just do some fun q and a okay um so if you could send a mass text message or email to to the world what would you send and why is it like a big message or like yeah, so oh, let's oh. say you could just send him if you wanted to text anybody or everybody in the world something or email them about your research what would what would you send that's really tough question so recently i uh, participated in this competition 3 minutes this is competition in my uh, at umd Mm-hmm. so there uh, we had to explain our research in 3 minutes and i participated then that uh, in that competition 
so maybe i'll just send the video of that <laughs> and it's just 3 minutes so i think that should not be too long <laughs> okay so it's just the explanation of your project in 3 minutes yeah. that's kind of cool so just make sure everybody watches that yeah. do you have the video link yes okay. i have the video I'll link i want that i'll put it in the in the notes <laughs> okay <laughs> that's cool so you wait explain that so you just had to ex- break down your research project in 3 minutes in front of like a panel or yes uh, so it was like first college level competition where you just make your make a video mm-hmm. um, by yourself and and along with the video you send one slide with like no animation nothing like just slide with static images yeah. and text whatever you want to have and you send that to the college level committee and they select at school level like uh, at the university level yeah and then for the university level competition you have to um, present that in front of a panel and also like any general audience okay who, yeah is interested that's cool uh why would you want to send um your research video in 3 year uh because like i was excited about it so Like, okay. I wanted to explain my like I wanted to simplify my research so that anybody can understand. Yeah, yeah. So, I think we did that. I think it's understandable. Yeah. So yeah. it was fun making that video and yeah. Cool. I like that. Um I think we touched a little bit on this too. What was a particular event or activity in your uprising? Uh child childhood schooling, sports or work that got you excited about your research topic? um yeah i wanted to become a pilot so that i already said yeah. and and i i like to make lot of paper uh, planes oh. back then so cool. so like i used to make just paper planes and it like just normal ones and then after my first year in undergrad i when i learned about some of the concept uh i came back home in the like summer vacation or yeah. uh, i made a change changed to that paper plane and it was flying better so it was faster. i was really I went further <laughs> it was not f- faster but it was gliding better like it was slowly oh. gliding at so it it could be in the air for longer time oh nice so, so longer air time yeah nice that's cool yeah paper airplanes so really not any sports activities like related to the research but yeah that's the i i think that's the most uh, story behind it and i participated in uh like in my undergrad i started participating in the uh like remote control plane uh, building and flying so like you make a plane about 1 meter size uh um and then like i participated in a competition back there it was fun hmm. yeah that, i think those are some cool activities like i think everybody had like a uh, a paper airplane phase. Yeah. I had one too. I was like this is um the first one that you make is just not good and after you throw it a couple of times it gets all dented and yeah. try and reiterate. Yes. So I guess the process is still there, you know, to make make sure it gets better uh, yeah. time after time. So um would that fall under your uh, favorite toy or activity growing up? So. uh not really uh, not favorite so i was very much into cricket so i like i used to play cricket a lot so uh, completely unrelated to my research but <laughs> yeah that's what i used to do so that was your favorite one of your favorite activities yes and and why why did you like it 
so much everyone in india is obsessed with this it. so yeah, it's, it's just very common sports. yeah like yeah. it's just because that's the sports you have been playing since your childhood mm-hmm. so that's how you get into it and like you can't stop uh, playing if you are if you have been playing for so long <laughs> mm-hmm. so you get better at it as well with like the experience and also it's just fun like a group it's activity. fun yeah it's not as uh, like physically involved as soccer or yeah. some other sports so you can play for longer time and just have fun yeah <laughs> in cricket. That's cool. Uh does it have any similarities with their research project like uh so not really but I remember uh when we were choosing our uh, undergraduate research topic. So one of my friends uh chose this topic of uh how a cricket ball uh have like aerodynamics effect. So that's how he so he did some research on if you throw the ball in this way it will swing in like that way so he wanted to do some aerodynamic analysis on that uh but it was not mine so <laughs> so there is vaguely a, some similarities like some yeah like yeah. far fetched similarity yeah that's kind of cool um uh, why does this activity bring like a similar spark or enjoyment to your life like your research does so mm. it's actually a break from research so oh yeah <laughs> so it's so you like, kind of need it you kind like, of need something to like relax relax or yeah okay so it goes in tandem with your research and everything so yeah um yeah i think that's everything so do you want to close out with a any other last thoughts or um do us the video <laughs> the 3 minutes video yeah okay well, well everybody that will make it like that will explain it much better than what i said now <laughs> yeah everybody watch the video um do you have any or what is it socials or any yeah social upcoming events or anything that you want to share No not really because I'm just going to start my first job in the US so I'll be I'm looking forward to that so I'm leaving college so not many events I'm looking forward to Okay yeah where can people find you if you want to share that you don't have to but uh or do you want to stay low key you know <laughs> Yeah that's cool yeah that's cool So already I think that's a wrap cool yeah um uh, thank you yeah, yeah. thanks for being talking to you I'll see you. Okay, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, that's out of the show. That's the first first episode. So yeah, thanks. Oh, oh yeah, no. Share this with your friends and watch the video. Uh, what, what's our Instagram? Uh, Research Showcase Pod. It, like, share, and subscribe. Oh, your, your, your do we have like? No, I don't think you can like a podcast. Okay. Okay. Uh, you can share the podcast. I think you can follow a podcast, but yeah, and follow the Instagram and all that fun stuff. So. And thank you, Albert, and thank you, everyone listening. Yeah. And thanks. It's a great initiative that you are doing. Yeah, this is fun. It's interesting. So, bye, everybody. Hello everyone, thanks again for listening. We have some bonus content and that is the 3 minute 
thesis competition that Shashank was a part of. Um, and it's really interesting. It really wraps up the project. And please listen to it. So I really hope you enjoy it. Thanks again. This is Maria from the Aerospace Engineering Program. NIST-3MT presentation is entitled Compound Helicopter, Testing and Analysis. He's working on his PhD with an expected graduation date of August 2022. What would you do if you have to rescue people from places impossible to reach? Answer, fly a helicopter. Take the example of wildfires. In 2020, close to 400 people were evacuated by air from burning forests in California. Helicopters were also used for firefighting, such as dropping water, transporting crews, and deliver delivering resources. However, the impact would have been much more if the helicopters could fly, fly faster than current top speeds of around 170 miles per hour. So, why don't helicopters fly faster? Imagine a helicopter hovering. Now, if you want to fly forward, the helicopter blades go into the wind on one side and away from the wind on the other. This creates an asymmetry that eventually worsens, causing severe vibration, limiting the speed. So, how do we make these life-saving helicopters fly faster? The, the simplest way is to take an airplane, take the wing and propeller out and add them to a helicopter. This creates a compound helicopter, the topic of my research. Have you ever seen one flying? Probably not. Though the idea is very simple, the physics of compound helicopter is not. We can't simply add the physics of airplane and helicopters together. Interestingly, around 50s and 70s, some companies and NASA were interested in this concept. But all the programs failed due to complexity and vibration. However, it was concluded that the many issues can be resolved if the helicopter blade can be slowed. Today, we have the technology to make this happen and the interest in compound research has grown. Still, most research on compound helicopter is limited to simulations due to a lack of experimental test data. In the Rotorcraft Center at UMD, we are systematically conducting experimental tests. Remember, this is research. So the fundamental understanding and knowledge sharing are essential. So first, we built a helicopter model. Then we added a wing and a propeller will be added this summer. So far, I have found that just adding the wing makes the helicopter 50% more efficient and reduces vibration by 70%. US Army researchers already use my test data to validate their simulations model to further develop compound research. Once my research is complete, it will provide more data and the understanding of physics. Using this knowledge, a more efficient and faster helicopter can be developed to save significantly more lives than current helicopters.